Welcome to episode 10 of my podcast. They fought for the sheer love of fighting. Yet within a period of over 10 years from the fight, they fought over fish, with the great Irish famine looming. A part of our heritage, interwoven into the tapestry, which is Danny Houlihan's Irish experience. A large turf and bog deal fire blazed in the old thatched house in Arkerry. As the sun was setting on the Shannon estuary, two large greased blackthorn sticks lay close to the heart, warming for the impending battle. Hanging on the Sugon chairs either side of the fire, there lay two white shirts, clean to be worn, and the smell of potato cakes in the iron oven wafted into the old kitchen. The sounds of loud voices outside intensified into the morning. The old woman beside the fire looked worryingly in the direction of her husband's face, who was deep in thought, glancing into the fire. Tomorrow will tell the story, she said, a story which history would relate forever as the great Ballier faction fight. Will he return alive, she said. On St. John's Day, 24th of June, 1834, on the northern part of the Strand, tents were being erected by vendors selling potting, whiskey and food. The sound of horses was evident in the air and the carnival atmosphere was developing with horses and riders arriving. The Santos at that time was well inhabited with people due to the sizable population of the area at that time coupled with rising evictions. Early in the morning, the arrival of the military under Captain Hooper caused a tension amongst the crowd assembling. Trouble was brewing. The greatest faction fight of Kerry's history was about to take place. It has been handed down from generation to generation that the assembled Coolines from the Ballyduff side of the River Cashin were camped on the Kilmore side the night previously. The tents erected were in the region of 160. As the clock struck noon, the crowds had gathered around the tents of the hawkers. The atmosphere was taking hold as the alcohol took its merry grip on all present. In the high santals to the rear, where the present Ballybunnan Golf Club today is located, attention was to battle tactics, as the Lawler Black Mulvihills were arriving in large numbers, up to 3,000 in strength, to prepare for mortal combat. At the same time, according to local historians, the massive Coolian faction had moved along the Cashin River and crossed the river by a wooden footbridge, which at that time spanned the river and assembled on the southern side of the Strand, south of the racecourse, numbering up to 1,200, including women, to engage in mortal combat with their sworn enemies, the Lawlerback Mulvihills, whose ancestors were from Arochty Connor. As the Coolines assembled south of the racecourse, they got into battle readiness. Long ash plants, sticks and stones were circulated to all, and their pockets were filled to the limit with ammunition. Old handles from shovels and pikes were brought into action as a massive faction advanced forward to battle, shouting their cooling war cries. The Lawler Black Mulvihill faction were gathering in the deep sandals where the present Ballybunnan Golf Club is located today. Battle tactics and plans were being finalised as well as large amounts of potine were consumed. Weapons such as blackthorn sticks, hurleys, stones or any projectile which could be employed 
as a weapon was issued to this faction, which numbered 2,000 strong. A magistrate by the name of Thomas Ponsonby of Crotta was involved in the fracas, urging the lawlers to get out onto the strand and successfully diverting Captain Hooper away from the tents where the faction were drinking gallons of poteen and whiskey. Ponsonby also persuaded another local magistrate, John Francis Hewson, that on the day the sticks were not going to be used as weapons. This was a total fabrication and a lie. Two o'clock, the 69th Regiment, commanded by Captain Hooper, takes up positions on the high ground from the strand adjacent to the racecourse, in anticipation of trouble. In the interim, Captain Hooper had succeeded in arresting some of the faction from the Lauder Black Murverhills, who were drunk with potting near the Hawkers' tents. These tents were set up on the annual race day along the banks of the Cashin River, where locals would sell their produce and potting. The first race was over with success. However, the Coolines marched from their positions on the Cashin side, yielding sticks and weapons of all descriptions. The faction fighters were now ready to fight. Local priest Father Darby O'Mahony, PP of Listole, pleaded according to sources with the faction. It is said he stated, For God's sake, listen to sense. This call fell on deaf ears. Captain Hooper, now realising he had a potential right on his hands, ordered his 69th Regiment to line across the Strand de Bali. This action proved useless, as the sheer numbers overwhelmed the regiment and left them looking very isolated on the Golden Strand de Bali. They sat back and just watched the proceedings. Later on, when the faction fight was ending, they did return to break up the last group's fighting. The mighty Coolines advanced rapidly around three o'clock. Their faction had the first upper hand on the Lawler Black Mulvihill faction who were caught off guard. Cries, shrieks of the wounded filled the previous fair atmosphere of the Cashin, as the force of the Coolines and their Blackthorn Six had its effect. The Coolines had the upper hand, but it was about to turn against them. The Lawler Black Mulvihills retaliated, discarding their putting jars and the sandals, forced their way onto the Strand de Bellier with 2,000 men, women and old men, armed with black-torn sticks, cudgels, maces, horseshoes and stones, hacked and slaughtered the coolines who were forced to give ground around four o'clock. The tide was going out from the Cashin due to the larger faction, the Lawlers bringing all their skills to bear down on the heads of the coolines, who, realising their cause was lost, ran in panic for their boats around four o'clock with the lot of black motherhills on their short tails yielding black torn sticks and stones. Along the shoreline, the lot of black motherhill faction had been waiting, armed with stones and ready to fire. Waited for the moment when the Coolines would retreat for their boats. This moment had arrived. A bombardment of stones and rocks hailed onto the open boats of the Coolines as they retreated to their boats to such an extent that the wooden boat capsized and its occupants were drowned. This later was known in maps and documents as the boat upset. It is said locally in the Ballybunin area that the Strand de Ballet was covered with wounded and dead after that fateful day and that the river was red in colour after the blood of the fight. Captain Hooper now entered the fight with the 69th Regiment and began dispersing the remaining factions who were still fighting up to the last, even the women. One quotation handed down through the pages of history from one of the Lawler Black Murvahill clan who led the battle was What we did not kill of them, we drowned the robbers. One of the many traditions associated with the Bally faction fights was the Coolines 
if a Coolian woman was married to a Lawler family, she would fight on her father's side on the day. So many as a man got a belt of a horseshoe from his wife on the day. Famous fighters. The O'Sullivan. The O'Sullivan came up with a lethal weapon, a cross between a black thorn with prongs from a pair of thongs with spikes. This effective weapon, which he used on the day, killed many Coolines, leaving many wounded in his wake. He was never charged or imprisoned. Magistrate's inquiry. At Ballino House Causeway, Tralee, weeks after the fight, a number of local magistrates sat. Those were Hewson and Fairfield, both at that time were deputy lieutenants of County Kerry. Also present was Thomas Ponsonby, Brownrigg and Mason, and the Reverend James P. Chute. Another report of the time, which is dated the 19th of June 1834 in the Limerick Herald. The Limerick leader mentions that 40 individuals were interviewed at the proceedings in the stall. One person who was present on that fateful day of the battle related that he saw one tall unknown man armed with a hurley and stones having killed six or seven men with his actions. Local priests of the day, whose parishes bordered the fight near Ballier, refused to give evidence on the day, citing the result would harm their relationship with their flock. A comment made by a magistrate, which he stated, how could it have upset them, apart from the fact they could not stop the battle? Sworn inquiry, dated the 22nd to the 25th, 1834. The Bellier faction fight was so well known internationally that many inquiries were undertaken what had happened in that isolated remote part of Ireland. The English Prime Minister, Lord Melbourne, ordered the sworn inquiry dated the 22nd to the 25th, 1834, which took place at the RIC barracks in the Stole County, Kerry, Ireland. The inquiry was conducted under the Earl of Kinmare and included the public prosecutor. A wide-ranging report was read into the minutes of the inquiry about the police and military actions on the day and that the fact that the local priests had played their role in trying to halt the massacre on the day and also the fact that the priests had preached prior to the belly fight from the altars. The area of the races were spoken of and the precautions that were undertaken. Local magistrate and deputy lieutenant of Kerry, John F. Hewson, from the newspapers of the time related, that these factions, known as the Orochty Connors and the Coolines, were to fight at the impending farmers' races. His concerns were related to Captain Hooper and Tralee, who musters his military, the 79th Regiment, were dispatched to the potential faction fight in Ballyn or Kerry. Captain Hooper, accordingly under orders, marched his men on horseback from barracks in Tralee and arrived at the scene in the morning. On that fateful day, on the Golden Strand de Ballyn, the military of the 69th Regiment under Captain Hooper were outnumbered badly, with only 60 rank and file, two subalterns, three NCOs. Hewson, who according to sources had arrived early and observed that there was no sign of either faction, thinking the fight was not going on. However, the calmness was short-lived as a barrage of stones came in the direction of the magistrate. A fight broke out within the area of the den-erected hawker's tents when large quantities of putty and whiskey were consumed, resulting in an argument which led to a fight. This was put down quickly by the military who took the yielding weapons from the offending individuals. This was a foretaste of what was to transpire. As the afternoon progressed, 
Local sources have related that the scene of the battle in Bali was frightening. The river was covered with blood and the dead bodies floated in the afternoon tide near the Blackton Six they formerly used. The riot act had been read at this point and the military at this stage in full control of the battle, quelling the remaining fighters on the strand. On the grassy banks of the river were strewn over a wide area debris from the battle, broken blackthorn sticks, stones, horseshoes and other lethal weapons which were employed as projecting missiles during the fierce deadly fight. The military and some of the magistrates did give assistance to the drowning and the dying on the day. This was noted at the sworn inquiry, but it was indeed too late for others who sadly lost their lives on that fateful day, which was for the enjoyment of the annual Bali races. Captain Hooper and his regiment did arrest several, but in their attempt the air was filled with another sound of the Coolines being drowned in the river by the boat upset. The sight of drowning people trying to swim ashore but were being pelted with stones from the shoreline. The military went to the scene and tried again to save their lives, but alas, too late. The victims' bodies were washed up days later on the Golden Strand de Bali. Many claims and counterclaims were made at the inquiry, read the military under Captain Hooper, and the actions of the magistrates on the day at the Bali Strand, which itself did not come to a proper conclusion. Many of those arrested were released. Some of those who committed murder were never charged or apprehended. It was now to be forgotten, a page of history left closed. The cause of the fight has never been ascertained, but some locals and historians have speculated that the argument arose at a fair day at a market day in Listol, North Kerry, over a bad bag of potatoes in 1831. Some also say it arose over a woman, but according to locals, they fought for the sheer love of fighting. The race meeting was banned forever in the area of Bali and was moved to Dua, first to O'Hara's field, where they fought fiercely again, with many hurt and injured. Finally, it was moved to Listol, which now the annual Listol race meeting, or Harvest Festival. Ironically, thousands of people still make the journey to stay in Ballybunnan due to the race week, not realising that the races originally started here.